This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. Now, I have to admit today, and maybe if you're honest, you will too, that one of the things I've looked forward to the most at Christmas has actually been television. It's actually been television highlights. Now, I do like to go outside. Like, I, 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 I'm not a couch potato. I like to read books. I like to enjoy music and sport and spend time with friends. But I have been genuinely excited for the Christmas specials from The Office and The Royal Family. That's royal with an E. Anybody of my generation with me tonight? I don't know. Maybe in your house it's a family film or Doctor Who or EastEnders. And here's a question that will divide the room. Do you watch The Queen? controversial in some homes. Every year she records her very own Christmas broadcast, and it's become one of the primary ways in which she communicates with the nation. We get an insight into her family life, her perspective, her faith. As one year draws to a close, and another looms on the horizon, many of us will be reflecting on the bigger questions of life. Why am I here? Are things going to work out? What should I focus on? Where do I look for guidance? How do I make sense of it all? And where is God in all of this? Some people have written off the very idea of God because they don't believe we can say anything meaningful about the divine. It's unknowable, unsearchable, unreachable. It's logical to conclude that the finite can't comprehend the infinite, the temporal can't conceive of the eternal, if all we have to work with is our own efforts to reach God. It would be a lot easier if God took to the studio and recorded his own message. But God didn't do that. From the perfection of heaven to a world mired in conflict and oppression, he didn't send a postcard saying, wish you were here. But he did communicate. The God we see in the Bible is a God who reveals himself across the pages of history, not in fantastical religious escapism, but in the story of real people, in real places struggling with real problems. If God wanted to communicate with humankind, then it makes sense that he would do so in a way that we could understand. So at the first Christmas, God became man. He didn't remain aloof from a broken world. He didn't send a message or even an intermediary messenger, but in vulnerability, he came himself. It's probably the best-known story on the planet. It's probably the play in which you landed your first acting role. It's the familiar story of Mary and Joseph, the angels, the shepherds, the wise men we hear about in the New Testament books of Matthew and Luke. But John's gospel tells the story in a totally different way, without these familiar characters. The author tells us what's really going on. This is not just a baby. It's a message. John 1.18 says that no one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God, and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Another writer puts it this way. The Son is the image of the invisible God. The Christmas event makes the invisible visible. The conceptual concrete. God's people cherished the law because it helped them understand that how we live matters. 
It matters who more what we worship. It matters how we treat the poor. It matters how we organize ourselves in community. It matters how we resolve our differences. They also honored the prophets, the messengers who brought God's word to the people. But Jesus, however, wasn't just a messenger. He was the message. Jesus didn't come simply to bring a new teaching. He personified wisdom. Jesus is the ultimate revelation of God because he was God. Simply, Jesus is God showing us what he is like. This is the Christmas broadcast. In media and advertising, there's a famous phrase called by Marshall, coined by Marshall McLuhan. It says this, the medium is the message. The channel by which you choose to communicate sends a very powerful message in itself. John 1.14 says it this way, the word became flesh. God becoming a man tells us that this is not a God who remains distant and aloof from his creation. He is present, not absent. The message is solidarity. A messenger is detached and an intermediary, but God is fully involved in a hostile world. He didn't communicate with a broadcast from the distance that television offers. God chose to come near. In taking on flesh, he takes on its weaknesses and vulnerability and subverts human ideas of power. He shows solidarity with the poor and oppressed, choosing the squalor of the stable over the splendor of the palace. More than that, he shows solidarity with all humanity by taking on flesh with its limitations and desires. He was hungry, tired, tempted, and in pain. He understands our struggle with the powers that be, with our own body, our own will, and with those who seem determined to misrepresent and misunderstand us. The message of the Christmas broadcast is an affirmation of humanity. My wife Kelly is from the States, and this summer we were in Chicago. And I thought that I could walk around the city all day in 35 degree heat in my usual pace, which is Olympic power walking, to see everything in Chicago, even though we'd been there before, even though it's the nearest airport to our in-laws and we'll probably go there again, we still have to take everything on in one day, in 35 degree heat, in the humidity and in flip-flops. And I thought that I could do that and not get blisters. But I had blisters for two weeks. And you know, many of us have a difficult relationship with our body. We live in a culture that promotes unrealistic expectations of what women in particular, but increasingly men also, should look like. Then there's the historical idea that a holy man, a religious person like a monk or a nun or a priest or a saint, seeks to deny the existence or at least escape the influence of their body. To avoid unhealthy desires, they abstain from sport, dancing, sex, rich food, and strong emotional responses. These ideas lead to a mistrust of our bodies and fuel the division between the material and the spiritual, an idea which has persisted in many religious and philosophical traditions, including streams of Christianity. But if our bodies are holding us back, then why did God not simply create a network of brains that could communicate telepathically with one another? These are the kind of things I think about <laughs> late at night. You see, this idea is decidedly 
unchristian because it denies the Christ of Christianity, the Christ who comes at Christmas, the Christ who came in the person of Jesus, born of Mary, flesh and blood. Fully God, he became fully man. God and man together. Therefore, just as God himself did, we can affirm that what he has created is good. And indeed, when he made you, he said it was very good. Spiritual life does not consist in the denial of human experience because Jesus' life affirms it. The goal of relationship with God is not to become religious, but to become human. At Christmas, the word became flesh. The word, the logos, to use the original Greek word, is a concept without parallel in modern languages. It represents two things. Firstly, both God's word of wisdom. The literary form here deliberately evokes the Hebrew wisdom writings. And God's, secondly, creative word, which again is obvious from the literary structure. John begins with, in the beginning was the word. Just as Genesis 1, at the very start of the Old Testament, says, in the beginning, God created. And the way he created was by speaking. So God, the Logos, the source of all wisdom and creativity, becomes human. Someone once said that 2,000 years ago, the word became flesh. And we've been trying to turn it back into words ever since. That's what religion often does. How then can we conceive that relationship with the divine should simply be an intellectual exercise or escapism from our everyday challenges? The Christmas broadcast smashes such notions. Religion should be something much more colorful, life-affirming, and holistic than that. The library and the church building can and should be places where we experience the divine. But we can also enjoy the beauty and brilliance of God in the spectacle of nature and, crucially, in the human body, which participates in sport, art, music, dance, cooking, sex, gardening, design, craftsmanship, and an invention within the freedom of the boundaries that God gives us. Those that follow Jesus pursue God's idea of completeness, health, and vitality and advocate holistic human flourishing, what Jesus himself claimed to bring. John records in chapter 10 that Jesus said, I have come to bring life, life to the full. Though we could say much more, the last element of the Christmas message that I want us to reflect on today is the message of community. When we speak of God the Father or Son, we're not referring to separate gods or a hierarchy of gods. We are simply, within the limitations of language, trying to express the truth that God himself is in relationship. At Christmas, the Father does not send the Son to do his dirty work. No, God comes himself. There is one God who is acting decisively within creation. Our language of Father, Son, and Spirit expresses God's commonality and sufficiency. Relationship is therefore at the center of existence. Every one of us knows this to be true. The greatest of all joys in life is not the most picturesque sunset or the most flawless performance. It is the joy of relationship. It's around the table. It's sharing laughter. It's true friends and faithful family. This is the Jesus we see on earth, the son, the brother, the friend. 
What would it look like if in our relationships we displayed the same humility, kindness, and compassion that we see in Jesus? What kind of world might that produce? As we read John, however, we discover the tragic irony that we, the reader, can see, but many who interact with Jesus can't. These people claim to know who or what Jesus really is, but are blind to his true identity. I invite you to look again at Jesus, God's Christmas broadcast. Today, we're still making a lot of the same mistakes, preconceptions, like God as the firepower that wipes out our enemies. Jesus actually called us to love our enemies. Preconceptions like God is only interested in the perfect. Or God is distant and detached. No. God loves you. And he demonstrated that at Christmas. Preconceptions like God is irrelevant to contemporary life. But the truth is, amazing things can happen when God's story collides with your story. Deep down, we have that sense that some things are just not right, that the world's not as it should be. But Christmas is the hope that things can be different. You see, you were made in the image of God, and as God, Jesus is the perfect representation of that which we can see in every person. You were made for a relationship, but they often end up broken. We were made to be in community, but we often behave selfishly. We are brilliantly creative But our behavior is often destructive. In Jesus, however, God not only shows us by example what a perfect human life looks like, but enables us to participate in it. John 1.12 says that to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Not that we instantly achieve flawless perfection of lifestyle. But that through relationship, we are transformed, conformed, renewed to become Christ-like. We are invited onto the journey of becoming like Jesus and the adventure of contributing meaningfully to the establishment of his kingdom. We discover in John that this all hinges on seeing Jesus for who he really is. You see, when you see it, You can't unsee it. When you discover a part, you want to find more. When you behold such beauty, you can never be the same. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 puts it this way. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image. This is the effect of the Christmas event. We cannot help but be changed when we see Jesus. This evening, I want to create a moment right now just for you to lean in. We sang there, hallelujah, it's not English. It's a compound of two ancient words, hallelujah, praise God. That's all it means, praise God. Because when you see God, There's just this response. There's just something where something has to happen. Like when your team score, you cannot sit on your hands. There's a response. And we see God and we use words like holy. It's another word we invented because the 
incredible greatness of God is just so hard to grasp. So we create these words like holy, which mean, God, you're different, you're distinct, you're special, you're pure, you're glorious, you're wondrous, you're beyond, you're holy. But the thing about Christmas is that God showed His people can be holy. He did it Himself. And God gives us the invitation to become holy too, to become like Him, which is an incredible invitation that life can be different and the world can be different because of this promise. And you know, the way we do church, we just think church should be a party. Because who can affirm life and who can affirm humanity more than the people who believe that their God actually became man? So I just think that anybody who follows Jesus must be the most positive, life-affirming, celebratory, gracious, enjoyer of everything that life offers, of everything that the body can healthily be involved in and the mind can creatively pursue. And we want to be the celebrators of that life. And to, tonight, I'm just going to pray a short prayer, which means this. We're going to communicate with the God who communicated with us. The God who gave everything to communicate with us. The God who came himself. He wasn't too proud to do that. He actually took on weakness to do that it's a beautiful thing and he did that because he wanted to know you he wanted to set things right and we can lean in and we can communicate back to that God who communicated with us discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes thanks for listening